Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeon Drunks, our heroes confronted the rot demon and defeated it. But as it shriveled to dust, it left behind a strange woman with skin of bark. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy. I am drinking Scuttlebutt. And yeah, I bought it because it's a beer called Scuttlebutt Brewing Company, and I found that funny. This is their Amber Ale. They are local-ish to me. They're in Everett, Washington. And it is definitely much more lovely than I expected of a drink that comes from Scuttlebutt Brewing Company. Bernie! What are you drinking? Um, so I still have the same uh, cider from Bull City Cyberworks, but I added some of the shrub I made, and it gives it this really, really good, like, extra flavor, and I'm so happy. Ooh. Does everybody know what a shrub is? Do I need to explain that? You know what? Why don't you explain it for our listeners at home? So a shrub is a drink that became increasingly... Po- I've had... This is the... Let me put on my tour guide voice. <coughs> Shrubs are drinks that became increasingly popular in the 19th century. Um, the other drink that you'll see associated with this is a Schwitzel. And they're two, they're, it's, it's really kind of funny because we think of things that are like essentially American. And if you were thinking about Americans in the 19th century, this would be a drink. Like this is like, I feel like this is as American as Coca-Cola. Like this mm. is the 19th century version of Coca-Cola in terms of popularity and in terms of dominating like the flavors that people were using. So a shrub is a vinegar-based mixing syrup, and it's as bad for you as Coca-Cola because essentially uh, this recipe is super easy. It is vinegar, whatever berries are in season. So there's blackberries and strawberries in this. Mm. And you can use raspberries. You can use literally anything, any kind of fruit you like. And you put it in a pot and you pour vinegar until it just covers it. You boil it down till it's all mushy. You strain out the vinegar and juice. And then you add sugar that equals the amount of vinegar and juice. That sounds amazing. And I want some of it's it now so without good. the drink. Just we that. made a whole bunch at our historic site as a demo. And I took home like a little bit. And it's just fantastically good if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, but you boil. And like the idea is like the other reason this is really great is this is something that requires boiling multiple times. So it's going to inherently like start sterilizing and killing bacteria and stuff. But you would add ah. it to water. So it's like Gatorade. So in the first half of the century, you're at, and a Schwitzel is the same thing, except it's a ginger and vinegar mix, and you would add it to water, and the idea is, like, you could essentially drink it like Gatorade, and if you think about Gatorade, like, supposedly replenishing all the extra electrolytes you've lost when you're sweating, and farmers would drink it, and you would also add it to booze, <laughs> like, just straight up shrubs and booze, and it's really tangy, it's like lemonade, and then when... Um, soda fountains, when soda water was invented, you would add it to soda water. So this is literally essentially your first, like, flavored soda. 
And they're super popular, and I think it's just so funny because, like, so many people were just, like, loading their booze up with this stuff, but so many people who are members of the temperance and the prohibition movements were using it as, like, a booze alternative. Like, don't drink alcohol. Drink your shrubs Drink and your all the sugar. Um, and it's using a lot of preservation and all that kind of things. And there's your lesson on uh, shrubs and schwitzels. There you go. And now next week, I expect everybody to have shrubs and switzels with, with their drinks. It takes, I would tell you that it takes, I would say, under 30 minutes to make a shrub. You gave equipment. us the rundown. Uh, you should post that recipe to our top secret place that we post things. Yeah. Would you guys like the one from the American Frugal Housewife? Or would you like the modern version? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, give me the modern version. Travancore, are you doing anything full of berries and sugar? Good people of Faerun. No berries, however, I mean trace amounts of sugar. For what I have before you is the Palmasson Golden Brandy Apple. It was almost not so, for on my way back home from work, I swung by the Wawa in Glen Mills. Now, Wawa is a convenience store of, which is like what 7-Eleven should be if it were awesome, and I had good sandwiches. And- <laughs> I love I agree. Wawa because it's called the Wawa. And yeah. I had friends in college who were obsessed with it, and every time they saw one, they go, wah, wah, wee, wah, and I didn't know why. Well, I don't do that. However, and something Pennsylvania isn't really great with is selling um, alcohol and beer in their um, convenience stores or supermarkets until recently. Uh, so I walk into Wawa, the one in Glen Mills, off of 202, and lo and behold, beer section. So, I didn't get something this time. However, the next time we record, I may be getting something from the Glen Mills Wawa. Ooh. Now, give me money, Wawa Corporation. <laughs> Wawa give views. us all money. Jonathan, do you have anything from the Wawa? I don't, uh, but I <laughs> And am... I just wanted to say Wawa. <laughs> uh, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. Tonight, I have yet another old favorite. It is a Cuban Missile Crisis. It is Diet Pepsi and Vodka. Oh, I'm sorry. Whipped Vodka. And once again, I have here a shot of Fireball to be consumed upon the first casting of Fireball today. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know that as of this moment, Jonathan the Magimuscular cannot cast Fireball. However, in the event that I do, this is dedicated to one of our great fans, Goober, a.k.a. Cal. He's the one that got us those fancy flasks at the live show. They're so pretty. He often carries me in in PUBG and and is just an awesome all-around guy. So assuming that this gets drunk, this one's for you, Cal. Cal. Yes, those flasks. Those, my flask currently contains the the last of the Hydra Hooch. So it, it's, like, it's like a fantastic fanner size of fan stuff. Okay, so here's the thing. Your flask is going to get tainted. Probably, <laughs> but you know what? It'll be awesome. I don't care. Carlton, what are you drinking, and is your stuff tainted? Uh, no, it's not tainted, and now I'm nostalgic for Wawa because we don't have them in Texas, and I miss them. But I'm drinking a tall boy of Arnold Palmer, those giant-ass cans that you get for only 99 cents, and I love it. He went to my school. Mr. Arnold Palmer. Mr. Arnold. I know Arnold is hard to say. Arnold Palmer is a graduator. A graduator. Fuck me, right? (laughs) 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 University Education Network. And we haven't even started playing. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I went to. I went to Wake Forest. I speak. I speak good. I do language. You you did that words whole well. big uh, sermon at the beginning. You did that whole big presentation about about sugar and blackberries and everything, and and you lost it. You know what? You didn't lose 
You didn't lose the fight with the rot demon. Kind of. There's a so dorm named you- after him. I hooked up with a boy in that dorm one time. Okay, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We gotta go because while the rot demon seemed to be destroyed, that's not the end of the story. It is mere moments after the last time we played. Shadow is still fighting for his life on the ground. The rest of you are breathing heavy and very injured and where there was this horrible demonic figure now is a woman a a a woman whose face you all recognize from your dreams from your nightmares from your visions whose skin seems to be either covered in or made out of bark she is small and has just fallen to her hands and knees onto the ground. She looks sickly and frail and has said, you you came. Thank you so much. I run over to Shadow to try and stabilize him. Okay, go ahead and roll. Do you want to do anything specific to stabilize him? I can fix that for you now, if you would like. Oh, Oh, please, please. You can roll um, a medicine check to stabilize him, but that'll just basically make him him stop rolling death saving throws. Uh, You need to give him hit points in some way. So if if, uh, as you run on over, Bernie, I guess, will join you. And Bernie, what would you like to do? Bernie is going to use her cantrip. That is the one that keeps him from having to roll death savings throw. What is it? What is it? What is it? I believe that is spare the dying. Spare the dying. Bernie's going to touch him on the nose and cast spare the dying. Okay. Um, and then she's going to use one of her, one of her healer's kits to, is every, where is my sheet that I wrote down all y'all fools as health on last week? It was a post-it note. So that's great. So Bernie spares Shadow from dying, pulls out one of her healer's kits, and how many hit points does Shadow get back? 11. He has 11 hit points now. Shadow comes back to consciousness sees the two of you crouched over him. He's still angry because he's still suffering those effects from the crypt garden, but he he takes a moment and Bernie, as you pull away, having used the healer's kit, he gives you a very gentle lick on the hand. And I go, that's two. And I just walk away and go check on my leaky. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I go ahead and stow my, uh, my weapon and I like reach, uh, reach down that with a open hand to help, uh, help her up to her feet. Okay. She, she helps you up as you see her stow her weapon, your weapon. She gives you this semi-panicked look and says, but no, so I'm free, but he's still, he's still here. No, wait. Oh, right. We got to smash the skull. Hold on. And then I go over and smash the skull totem that we left in the ground last week. Okay. It's not totally uncovered it's shadow kind of started to uncover it but um you can see bits of the skull sticking out of the ground and a part of a a black rod so you're gonna go are you gonna go try to smash it are you gonna grab it what would you like to do i ain't touching it i'm smashing it i'm just gonna just with my uh my halberd just just start breaking it do you think that because this is a necroticy kind of thing, your necroticy kind of halberd will both break and restore it at the same time, keeping you in an infinite loop of trying to ruin this thing? I think his whatever necrotic damage it does is heavily outweighed by the amount of smashing damage it does. Dormammu, I come to barter. Dormammu, yeah. Basically. So, Carlton, you pull out your halberd and with all of your strength, smash it down onto the top of the skull and you hear it and the halberd just slides off it. Uh-oh. Uh, uh, 
the hey. dryad turns to all of you and says, "We we don't have much time before it'll come before it'll come back. We need to destroy it. Do you know? Do you know how to do that?" Well, uh, we were kind uh, of hoping maybe you did. Let's look at my notes. It it's been able to to keep them from me. Once it took over my tree, it took over me, and I've I haven't been able to fight it. This is the first time I've been free in 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 so long. And then you all hear in your heads a dull laughter. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, where is that thing? Jonathan the Magimuscular preps uh, one of his uh, scorching rays. Okay, you're gonna walk on over to where the where the actual totem is buried in the ground. Yeah. Okay, and you cast scorching ray. Actually, I'm gonna mage hand it out of the uh, of the bottom of the tree. Your mage hand reaches down and seems to pass right through it. Oh, that's disconcerting. All right, at this point, Shadow's gonna run back to it and try to dig it, dig it out. Uh, uh, the bear buddy, hold on. You're you you've did, I'll I'll do it. You you've done enough. I don't want you getting hurt. Okay. I reach down and I pull it out of the ground. As you reach down and you grab it, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, I'm good at those. No, I'm not. Oh, moderately. Fifteen. Cautious optimism. A fifteen. That's like one of those numbers. It's a fifteen. It's like one of those numbers where you're like, it could be good, could be bad. It's like right there, like ah. Okay. All right, wheel or woe. So you manage to keep a hold of it, and you only take nine psychic damage as you reach down. Kind of, you have to grab the skull to pull it out of this this loose packed dirt. As you grab it, the laughter in all of your heads continues, but it seems to echo in your head, Carlton, even louder. And you feel a jolt up your arm of pain that almost makes you drop the the actual symbol, but you manage to hold on to it, and you can see that it is. It is fairly large. It is the skull of what looks like a wolf, bleached and painted black. I don't like stuck this. Stuck onto the end of a, a big, a f- one foot long black obsidian rod of some sort. You can't quite see how they are attached. And the as the laughter continues... I need you all to roll initiative. I was gonna re- do dispel, cur- remove curse. But then I had to go and touch something. I don't yeah, know that that did. would have helped uh, this particular thing. It was worth a try. I have two different things I was going to try. Well, Bernie, what did you get? Bernie got a Bernie got a six. And Jonathan? 19. And Bucks? Oh, Bucks. Uh, and Bucks. Yes, remember he gets and his Bucks. own initiative. Um, 16. 16. And Shadow? Three. That, that kind of makes sense. I mean, he did just come back from almost dying. Travancore. 12. And Carlton? A big old fat eight. Wait, hold on. Is Carlton going to be fighting against us? We don't know. We have no idea what's about to happen. As Carlton, you pull this thing out of the ground, you resist the temptation and the pain that it causes to drop it as soon as you've touched it. The laughter continues, and you all notice that the ground itself shakes just a little bit, and small swarms of black and decrepit creatures start crawling out of crevices everywhere. You see five different 
swarms of them, it looks like, appear out of the ground of a variety of different small animals, insects, bits and pieces of tangled knotted vines. They all seem to crawl up and out and form into these masses and are heading towards you. They're about 20 feet away, kind of on all sides. Oh. Uh, Jonathan, it is your turn. What would you like to do? Carlton, uh, let's go. And as... Yeah, let's get out of here, everyone. And uh, Jonathan is going to try and help up uh, Dryad Lady. Okay. Yeah, she's she was helped up by Carlton, so she's standing there. Okay. She he like is like up oh, everyone everyone out. And as Jonathan runs thirty feet towards the door, he's going to look back and and say, "Carlton, hold it up! Uh, Carlton, hold it up!" And uh, he is going to hold his action until Carlton has. Uh, actually, how well could Jonathan bull- the Magimuscular bullseye this thing uh, with some scorching rays? Uh, this thing being what? The skull. You think you could hit it? Uh. Is it still on the ground or Carlton managed to get it out? Carlton has oh, it. I'm holding it in my He's hand. holding it. I want to try removing its curse. Well, I'm going to try bashing it real quick uh, since it's all I can do. So actually, I'm going to do the sure thing. I'm going to aim a, uh, a spread of magic missiles. Magic missiles? Okay. Firing a volley. Solution. Volley. That's it. A volley, volley of magic a volley. missiles. A spread would be like if there were some bagels. Well, they, and- <laughs> a, in Star Trek, they would say a spread of photon torpedoes. Well, this is not Star Trek. Or a spray. Um, That's force damage? That is force damage. Okay. Go ahead and roll damage because, yeah, the magic missiles arc around, deftly manage to avoid Carlton. Go ahead and roll damage. Jeez. So that's going to be a total of eight damage. Okay. They all three pound into this thing. Carlton, you have a hard time holding on to it now um, that these three, but they slam into it and deftly avoid you. And Carlton, when you look down, you don't see that anything has changed. Oh, that's what I got. Maybe, maybe we have to take it out of this room. That would be a good idea, too. All right, Jonathan has fired and moved. Uh, what would Bucks like to do? Bucks is going to fly straight out. Okay. Uh, what's his movement? Uh, 60. So he flies- 60 total or 60? Six, he has a fly speed of 60. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, how far would you like him to get? He's going he's gonna to go out of, the, uh, out of the cave. He can't get out of the- He can get out of the general area. He, he'll like go as far as he cavern. can. But, okay. Uh, Travancore. Travancore's mother always wanted him to be a doctor, but he had to settle for being a surgeon with these arrows. Uh, taking a cue from Jonathan the Magimuscular, he's going to aim his arrow directly at the uh, the sort of skull part of, of, of this dealie, this totem. Okay. Go ahead and roll an attack. All right. 23. Yeah. You managed to... Carlton's kind of holding it at far enough arm's length that you manage to hit it without hitting Carlton, go ahead and roll some damage. Is it too late to recast Hunter's Mark on this thing, or can I cast Hunter's Mark on an object, or no? Let me make sure I say this correctly. I'm going to let you cast Hunter's Mark on it for a very specific reason, but I need to make sure... Oh, okay. Hey, uh, Travancore? Yep. You never lost Hunter's Mark. It is now... The, it almost feels like this object that Carlton is holding is the thing you hunters marked. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so well you don't then, even have to move it. I don't even it. need to use a bonus action. Okay. You do not even need to use a bonus action. It's still hunters marked. All right. 
and it takes 10 damage. Four um, from the Hunter's Mark. Okay. So your arrow deftly flies through the air, hits this thing right in the center of the skull, and the arrow bounces off. Ooh. Ah. Shadow's probably not close enough to Carl. Well, I don't know how much risk I want to put Shadow into reaction. I want to have him hold off for now, save his reaction in case he needs it. Well, Shadow's not next to Carlton, so he can't do a reaction to attack because I don't think oh, right, I right. don't think he can move. So, so you do you want right. to move? Uh, no. Okay, Carlton, it's your turn. You are still holding onto the skull. The it gl- seems to be balefully glaring at you as the the laughter of the rot demon continues to ring in your head. Um, am I still raging? Well, okay. So you're. Do you have persistent rage? Uh, t- t- no. Because it's I think, been uh, longer than six seconds. Okay, then I'll, I'll burn it. I'll have to burn another one. Yeah. So you are not currently raging. Sorry, it's okay. it hasn't been yep. very long. It's maybe only been like uh, a minute and a half, two minutes, um, since the the fight fight ended. But yeah, so your rage has died. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh dash. Let's see. That's eighty feet. As you get to the edge of the cavern. The dryad calls out to you and says, No, wait! If you take it with you, it'll just reform wherever you are! You have to! You have to destroy it now before it reforms! Well, a little advice would be helpful! (laughs) Yeah, I've only moved my normal movement so far, and I go, That's... How? I don't... I don't know! I couldn't find that out while it was possessing me! It was in charge! I don't... I don't know enough about Orcus! Carlton Smash! Carlton Wait, will smash. I, it'll, I can, yeah. I want to look at the bottom of it and see how it's connected. Do I see how it's connected? Uh, roll an investigation check. Investigation. That's gonna be a 13. It seems to be fused. It's almost as though the the black rod has merged with the bottom of the skull. There's no there's no lines of of any sort connecting the two. It's it's. Is, your does guess, the skull go? Is it like fused like up inside of it, like the inner of the skull, but like there's room underneath of it, like kind of like yeah, so this. It's a it's a wolf skull, and it's fused. Uh, the point that it joins the skull is inside where the brain of this animal would be. And when you look inside of it, you don't see like it didn't you. There's nothing specific that you can see holding the rod and the skull together. It seems like they've just merged into one thing. We're going to use science. I'm going to take the halberd, and I'm going to jam it up in there, and I'm going to try to take the two and prime apart and using leverage. Okay, go ahead and roll a strength check. So close to a natural 20, but it is a 19 on the die. Okay. Or 19 total. The 19 total, sorry. halberd starts to bend. Oh, shit. Uh, Carlton stops doing that. Okay. And, uh, Carlton smash? Or is that action? I'm going to say that was an attack, but I okay. think even without raging, you still get it. Yep. So you can, that will be one of your attacks. Okay. Do I feel like I could hit it and have it stay in air long enough for Jonathan to shoot it with scorching rays like a shotgun and clay pigeons? Uh, I Jonathan would say, I don't think it's affected by my magic. I may be affected by mine. That's what I'm thinking. So smash it. Keep it right there for Bernie. All right. I'm going to smash it. Okay. Go ahead and I'm roll gonna, it. I'm also out. angry that I couldn't uh, pry it apart. So I'm going to rage. Okay. You rage. I'm going to go reckless on this. A 21 to hit. 
It absolutely hits. Uh, and do I need to separate it, or do you want it total? I want it separated. That's going to be 12 slashing and 2 necrotic. Your halberd glances off this skull like it's made of diamond. Not, it doesn't seem to do any damage, not even a scratch. And in fact, as the necrotic energy sparks off of it into these black and purple sparks, you almost think that you see the skull glow. Uh, guys, guys, Bernie, help! Okay, is um, it my turn next? Because I don't see the turn order. <laughs> yeah, I don't see the turn order either. There, There is another creature first, and then it is Bernie. The dryad is going to move... 5, 10, 15... Uh, next to Jonathan, she can't quite make it to Carlton. She's gonna, she's gonna say, I don't know how long we have, but we... However we need to destroy this thing, we need to do it now, because if wherever it reforms, it will just possess whatever, whoever is nearby. It was planted in my tree to possess me. If you are holding it, it will possess you. You need to drop it. We need to destroy it. Can I do that as a reaction? I'm gonna say no, not in this case. It's gonna take a full action. Bernie, it's your turn. Bernie's gonna cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. As a third level spell. Sure. And what kind of damage does Guiding Bolt do? Radiant. Oh, yes. Well, guys, what if I don't hit it? Oh, my God. (laughs) No! What'd you roll? It is just an object. Maybe. I rolled a 10. Okay. You do manage to hit it, although you're going to nail a bit of Carlton in the process, so he's going to take a bit of damage. It's okay, Carlton. You have a lot of health. You're holding this, uh, Carlton's holding this thing out, and you kind of, your guiding bolt slams into part of the rod and part of his hand. So go ahead and roll damage. It's going to be 6d6 radiant damage. Do it. Yep. Do it. Go ahead and roll 66 <laughs> radiant damage. But with the luck I've been having, it won't be good radiant damage. Or since it's hitting Carlton, it'll be amazing radiant damage. 19? It's all right, yeah. Uh, Carlton, you take nine radiant damage. Do I drop it as a reaction since she hit my hand? Like, oh, she shot it on my hand. Nope. Something seems to be, it it seems to be more than just a reaction in order to drop this thing. Um, And it takes nine radiant damage. Carlton, as you Wait, hold on, I got a bonus action. Bernie, it doesn't want me to let go. Before you do your bonus action, I'll just say, Carlton, as you, as it strikes kind of where you're holding onto this rod, and you actually try to let go, po- both because of the radiant pain, but also because you you know you, you've you been told, don't hold this thing. You can't quite seem to let go. You, you think you will be able to eventually, but you can't at the moment. You do notice that the skull has cracked. Ooh. All Bernie, right. Keep doing that. Yeah. Bernie, what's your bonus action? Well, I was going to cast Spiritual Weapon, but that's force damage. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I got a cantrip that's radiant damage. Sacred Flame is radiant damage. Uh, but you can't I cast, cast that as a bonus action. You can't cast that as bonus action. But you're right that it is a cantrip that does radiant damage. Well, you know what? I could try Spiritual Weapon because it is literally a, a weapon made up of spectral energy. I got nothing to lose. Let's cast this. Well, I, I was just going to say your spell slot, though. If you hold on to the spell slot, you could cast Guiding Bolt at a higher level again, right? Ugh. 
Yeah, but I got a lot of third level spell slots because I didn't waste that shit during our battle for some dumb reason. But you you tried <laughs> to cast one. I did, didn't I? Okay, so I have one third level spell slot left, but this is a second level spell slot. Right, but you can also cast Guiding Bolt as a second level okay. spell. Okay, okay. And we might need all that radiant energy. You're the all only right. one that does radiant damage. I am the only one that does radiant damage. So we're just going to hold off for now. I'm going to come up near Carlton. On I just can get close to him, knowing that it could result in him trying to behead me. You can come up right next to him if you'd like to. Can I do some kind of laying of hands bonus action? Like prayer. It wouldn't be a healing spell. It would be like a channeling of re- of like Bay's energy. Is is any of that a bonus action? Like, and I would say out this is more just like moving and saying out like think of this as televangelism. Like the time oh, you mean that on my the actual dad put my dog on the symbol up on the TV to rid it of a demon. That did Okay, so happen. you're not trying to heal Carlton, you're trying to do something to the the actual rod? Yeah. Out okay. demons out, man. So what would you describe to me what you'd like to do? Bernie's gonna grab whatever's nearest. I imagine that's Carlton's calf. You're grabbing Carlton, not the actual Yeah, because he's, cont- he's attached to the rod. Well, he's holding it. But this would be allow him to drop it. Think of this as an exorcism. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm ordained to perform those. <laughs> All right, you grab Carlton's calf. And, and what I would you say, like to do? In the name of Queen Bay, out demons out. Go ahead and roll a religion check. I feel a tickle. <laughs> I'm probably going to get another 10, but that's fine. I'm also going to change this so I'm not rolling 6d20. Oh, wow. <laughs> 20. Natural 20. Oh, nice. Nice. If I do not expel this demon both from Carlton and this thing, I will be so mad. You grab onto Carlton. You're not even really sure what's going on. He, y- your radiant damage did seem to actually affect this thing. And you pray to your goddess as you're holding on to him. And Carlton, for a moment, you also feel the spirit of Myleki join with the spirit of Bay that Bernie has called. And the two of them together pry your fingers off of this thing and it falls to the the ground. Yay, we don't have to kill Carlton. (laughs) Mostly, it's kind of like Carlton isn't suddenly going to use his three fucking attacks on one of us. (laughs) That's kind of where I was thinking that was going. I want to use my reaction to hug Bernie. Okay, yeah, you practically have to kneel down to do it, but you you hug Bernie, and for a oh, moment, the two of you feel very radiant and warm as can we as use you that radiant to do, to do some curb stopping on this thing? Can we just assume that everything I do is radiant damage now? <laughs> no, but I'll keep it in mind the next time you roll a natural twenty. Shadow, it's your turn. What would you like to do? All right, Shadow, as an animal, picks up on these supernatural things, and what Travancore was able to intuit about his Hunter's Mark not leaving, Shadow is picked up because he's been watching Travancore for a while. He's going to use his full movement to get as close to that um, totem as possible, but he's not going to make it. He only has 40 feet, but All right. that should put him just shy of Bernie, Bernie's going to see this, and she's going to go, no, 
Um, and Shadow will... So this thing has basically dropped at Carlton's feet. Shadow still in his rage over the Crypt Garden in general and, and feeling how dangerous this, this place is, goes barreling towards what he intuits is the Rot Demon, even if it is just the totem of Orcus. And as he is charging forward, he only makes it up to Bernie, who gives him this command, and he he does seem to pause for a moment. Is he going to do anything else? Uh, no, that's it. All right. As all of these evil, necrotic, random insects, bits of animals and leaves and thorns swarm out of the ground, they all surge towards Carlton, as he was the last person holding the totem. Uh, 19 versus AC? Yeah. Uh, and that's a natural one, so they miss. Uh, 14 versus AC, I think, misses. Misses. And that will miss. And so 15 misses. So of all of these different creatures that swarm out of the ground, it is actually the large spider that manages to sink oh God, its no. fangs oh, into the What about not spiders? How about we pretend it was a cockroach? <laughs> you can pretend it's anything you want. You are going to take uh, you take two piercing damage and five necrotic damage. All right, so that's six total. This hand-sized spider latches onto your other leg. Bernie had kind of grabbed your one calf. It latches onto your other one and bites into your leg. Wait, 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 wait. You said Bernie. No, no, Carlton. Bernie, you were holding on to one of Carlton's legs. Uh, Bernie, let's go. She's done. <laughs> You're still standing there as he is now swarmed by uh, spiders and masses of fungus and necrotic rats and large bats and vines that seem to just snake their way out of the ground. And as they all swarm up to Carlton, Travancore, from where you are, you see more rise out of the ground. And Jonathan, it is your turn. Uh, Welp. Uh... Kill the thing that's killing him. Kill the thing that's killing him. I'll yep, take care uh, of this fucking skull. You kill the thing that kills him. All right. Uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to get uh, right up uh, in front of the Dryad. Okay. And then if I've got this... So th those things are on him, are on Carlton, right? They, they basically surrounded him. They're all small creatures. They're all... I mean, they're large for spiders and rats and things, but he's basically being swarmed by five different small groups of creatures. All right. Time for a shower. Burning hands right on uh, right on Carlton. I was just going to say, does it include the five, the spaces directly around Carlton? It, uh, uh, it won't include this one. Okay. So you're able to hit four of the five swarms that are around him. Is that a saving throw or is that a attack? That is a dex saving throw of 15 or 16. Sorry. Uh, that fails. That fails. Um, the spider succeeds and that fails. So three of them, die. <laughs> three of them fail. The, the spider succeeds. And they are going to take 10 damage. All right. Are there any on Carlton himself? Uh, no, they haven't like latched on. They're just all okay. next to. Then, they're basically then, like swarms. Then he gets sculpted around. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's they've attacked. They're just small creatures. Okay, um, the rats, the vine creature, and the fungal mass uh, just burn to a crisp and are gone. The spider definitely rolls out of the way in the way that quick spiders can do that. And the other group is not in your thing. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Nope, I guess the one that dodged uh, only takes five damage. And it is Bucks' turn. Uh, Bucks is going to... He is going to go to the edge of my range, so he's going to go almost out and look out and see if anything's headed in this way. Okay. Um, he gets to the mouth of the cave. Um, he can just see... You have to remember the the cave was kind of in an Im- an indentation in the ground. It was almost like a crater. And so on his next turn, he'll be able to fly like five or ten feet up. And okay. he could still be in your range, but he'll he'll have to leave the mouth of the cave to really see all the way around him. He doesn't see anything in the mouth of the cave at the moment, though. Okay. Travancore. Okay. This motion still my motion is still limited, right? Uh yes. Your speed is reduced by 10 feet. So whatever your speed was, take off 10 feet. All right. I'm going to move the full, use the full of my movement to move up uh, 20 feet straight ahead towards okay. uh, towards uh, Shadow and all them. I'm going to cast Cordon of Arrows with the idea that if I can't do damage to the totem, at least I can keep some of the stuff um, that's coming towards Carlton off of him because I can cast Cordon of Arrows. With four. So I plant four arrows on the ground and I designate um, Shadow, Bernie, JMM, and uh, uh, my leaky or whatever that dyadic, diactic, didact lady. Dryad. Dryad. You don't exactly know what it is, even though I've said she's a dryad, but all you know is that there is this woman who seems to be covered in bark that you recognize from your dreams. She hasn't she's introduced Ellie herself Wood. and you haven't asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ellie Wood. Um, but I don't actually cast it. Well, Carl already off the hammer. I cast it on him as well. So, I mean, I, okay. I, mean, I, I sculpted it around him. So anything else that comes in the area is going to get an arrow in it. Sure. All right. Anything else? Uh, I want to do a perception check on the totem. Sure. Roll a perception check. You got it. 21. You can clearly see the one crack in it now. Uh, once Bernie hit it with this, with her strike. It still seems to be held together, and you still hear the the raspy laughter kind of in the back of your head, but everybody is hearing it, not just you. It There is very clearly a crack in it. Okay. That's it for Travancore. Okay, Carlton, it's your turn. All right, so I got the spider and then the one that wasn't in Jonathan's burning hands, right? Yeah, it's like a, a mass of fungus. It's like this weird ball of fungus. Fungus. Black. Okay. Yep. Uh, first uh, first attack's going at the uh, spider. Okay. Uh, 17 to hit. That hits. Uh, 10 slashing and 4 necrotic. You cut it in half. It's dead. Cool. Uh, second swing coming at the fungus, I guess is okay. what it is. Sure. There's a fungus among us. Uh, 24 to hit. That and hits. And that'll do... 14 slashing and 3 necrotic. You cut it in half and it falls to the ground. It's seemingly destroyed. And then bonus action, I'm going to second win to get some hit points back. Okay. Perfect. 11. Bernie, I got 11 hit points back. I just, I start swinging and then I go. <gasps> That's good. That's good. Um, Carlton ends his turn. The woman covered in bark moves around closer to Carlton and 
looks at you and says, is it, is it destroyed yet? They're, they're still coming. They're still coming. And she looks scared. Um, Bernie, it's your turn. Working on it. Yeah, that's a, I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing I did last time. Okay. It is currently lying on the ground. Cast Guiding Bolt. Oh, good. That's my 15 hits. That totally hits. Go ahead and roll radiant damage. Nail it. Okay, so that was what, we're doing how many d6? I think it's 6d6. Yeah. You were casting it at third level, then yeah. Yeah. And this is my last third level spell. 15. God damn it. So many ones. Your radiant bolt slams into this now that you don't have to worry about trying to not hit Carlton. The full force of this thing slams into the totem and you very audibly hear another <laughs> as it, the crack that was in it from your first strike actually spiders through the skull and you see not just that the big crack has expanded and grown but now there are a multitude of little cracks and the laughter that was in your head before uh hitches for a moment and then you hear the the laughter begin again that's right you little fuck boy so when i it was in the radius of my or the area of effect for burning hands and it didn't nothing nothing go in there doesn't seem to have taken any damage anything else bernie um no bernie's just gonna keep on this strategy okay i'm really super tempted to pick it up and try to crush it with just the radiant power flowing through me but i'm also not dumb so (laughs) (laughs) do you still have that pearl to recover a, a spell slot i do have that pearl to recover a spell slot i believe that is an action just so you know damn it it is Nuts. But it is it is something to keep in mind. Shadow. It's a it thing is... to think about. I got a lot of second level and first level spell slots. We'll kill this thing. There's not much Shadow can do. I mean, I think Shadow, even Shadow might know enough that he can't really attack it. Are there any creatures in the area left or no? Oh, yes. So a whole new bunch of creatures had risen out of the ground and are very quickly making their way you're not exactly sure where they're heading. They're You're all kind of clumped up. Travancore, they don't seem to be heading towards you, but everybody else is kind of within 10 feet of each other, and they all seem to be rushing. And so three of the five of these groups of creatures are well within Shadow's range. All right. I want to move into flanking with Carlton, with another creature is... There's a flankable well, range. None of them are none of them are quite around Carlton. They're all about twenty feet away from Carlton, I guess, you guess. So they're all within like 10, 20 feet of you. And Shadow. Huh. That's Got what it. I'm saying. Is they're like they'd risen out of the ground and are now swarming towards you. But nothing actually appeared right next to anybody. Alright. So here's what Shadow's gonna do. He's gonna move to right there. And uh, he's going to ready a claw for anyone who comes into that area. Okay. Yep. He moves there. He readies a claw. All right. So a couple things happen. You hear the the raspy voice of the rot demon penetrate your psyche again. He stops laughing and he says, It is useless to fight me. I will always return and then I will bring you to my master when I do. Um, the five swarms that had roiled up out of the ground now surge forward. Uh, Shadow's going to get his attack. Okay. Ah, ten. That hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Sweet. He goes after what looks like a bat. All right, and that was a claw. It's going to do, ah, great, five damage. 
Okay. He swats this thing. It's not flying very high. It's maybe only two or three off the ground. It seems to be having difficulty flying. And he swats it out of the air with a claw and it lands on the ground dead. Your arrows, you've got one basically on each corner of Carlton, five feet away, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So basically, um, the arrows are closer to me, I thought. Like, but there should oh. be within 30 range feet of, uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. So I can't cast them like any further. Uh, they have to be right in front of me. Oh, okay. But then objects that end their turn within 30 feet, except for the ones I designated earlier, are going to have to see where they roll a dexterity saving throw or take one die six piercing damage. Within 30 feet. So basically within 30 feet of you, yeah. creatures will get attacked. Okay. All four of them go off. Go ahead and roll attacks as uh, everything that has roiled out of the ground now squirms, swarms, flies, crawls towards Carlton, Bernie, Jonathan, the Dryad, and Shadow. So you got to roll a, a dexterity saving throw. And what's the DC I'm trying to hit? 14 or higher. Okay. Uh, it's a failure. That's a failure. That's a failure. And a success. Okay. Three of these swarms just get pierced with arrows and die. But one of them manages to squeeze through. It looks like a swarm of large-ish black ants. And they're not black like they're colored you can almost see Travancore as this swarm moves almost past you that they seem to be oozing this ichor out of them and as they scurry along the ground they are the only ones of this assault that gets through and uh bernie they're going to try to swarm you what that's no. how you get no, it thank you this is i said channeling a previous <laughs> characterization an 18 versus your ac um, shit, yes, but I'm gonna use my thing! My little fire shield! Buckler. Okay. You take uh, two piercing damage and five necrotic. Ow! That's, it's actually kind of okay, because I'm doing pretty well in the health. <laughs> okay, and then your buckler goes off, and is it a attack, or does it just happen and they take damage? I think it just happens and it takes damage, and I can't find my notes on that buckler. 1d6, I was correct. Okay. I take lots of notes. I just put them in strange places. Notes are good. That's a two. All right. Uh, these so that's a ants, little bit disappointing, but it is um, fire. It is enough in where the ants actually... And they just, as your buckler goes off, as your shield goes off, because this is a shield, it's just a small one, it roasts these ants and they go up like popcorn and around you you guys are able to, to clear the field but now you see that the mass that has risen out of the ground within about 20 feet of you has grown larger and there's about 10 different swarms that have all bubbled and squirmed out of the ground uh jonathan it is your turn uh so where are they now i i don't see them all on the around you there are 10 different swarms, all of them about 20 feet from you in all directions. Some of them are worms. Some of them are snakes. There's a couple of bats. There's some spiders. You see rats. You see large, what look like pieces of driftwood that are just rolling towards you. It's And it all is black and necrotic. What would you like to do, Jonathan? Uh, I will ready in action. I will back up. And ready in action to unleash a fire blast when enough of them get in range. If they're 20 feet away from me, I can't really do anything. Okay. Uh, when you say back up, you mean move closer to who? Carlton. 
And you ready that action? Bucks is going to fly the few more feet up in order to be able to get a clearer view of the clearing. I'd like him to roll a perception check. All right. Uh, He gets a 16. The horses that you had left tied to um, the trees that are kind of matchsticks at this point, they're all still there, but they are whinnying and panicked. And Bucks's keen eyes can see that some of the same creatures that have risen out of the masses of vines around you guys have done the same and are coming out of the forest. They are emerging from some of these trees. They're rising up out of the ground. They're flying from around the, all around the area. He can see that the horses are currently being attacked. All of them are recognizable creatures, but black and full of sores and covered in some sort of slimy substance. And more of them are becoming perceptible to him in the trees. Kimber, All right. no! Um, Bucks is going to fly and try and... So all the horses were tied together. Bucks is going to try yep. and grab the knot that is holding all four, all the horses together at once. And he's going to try and steer them uh, in evasive maneuvers as best he can. He definitely has enough movement to get over there. He can now see that the ground has just erupted around these horses. They're actually worms that are trying to crawl up these horses' legs, and they're stamping on them and trying to get them off and trying to uh, squish them. Uh, go ahead and have Bucks roll a dexterity saving throw. Uh, let's see what that equals here. That is going to be a 15. Okay. He dodges as one horse shifts suddenly in one direction to try to get away from a scorpion. Another one almost uh, smacks into Bucks and he dive rolls out of the way and manages to grab hold of the lead horse that you can now, or he can now see the where you had tied him onto this tree has very quickly turned to ash and he's able to grab a hold of this lead. Awesome. And I, I do I see this via my connection or is he out of range? Roll an Arcana check. You, not Bucks. Uh, 16. It's weird. It, it's blippy. You get a view and nothing and a view and nothing. And it's like, it's like as he dodges and weaves and flies around these horses to try to avoid getting trampled as he grabs this thing he's out of your range and in your range and out of your range and in your range and out of your range and in your range and then you see him grab the reins of the lead horse and he's out of your range i say uh, well bucks is trying to help the horses we're on our own here uh, good luck buddy and it's trevancore's turn okay um hmm all right. I don't want to use another Hail of Thorns. I don't want to break Hunter's Mark either because, you know, if I really do a Transmutation spell. Uh, Travancore is going to move up an additional 20 feet. Um, I should be able to get close to Bernie, I think, actually right right above her on the on the grid. Yeah, you absolutely can get right next to her. And Travancore is going to try something different. He's going to use the help act. Uh, he's, going to use, he's going to try and help Bernie on her next turn, like to give her advantage on whatever attack she makes. Sure. You can absolutely do that. Okay. All right. Carlton, it's your turn. Uh, how many of those uh, creepy crawlies are still around me? Um, there are none that are directly next to you, but within 20 feet of you, you can see 10 distinct groups kind of arrayed around you, uh, around all of you, as it were, uh, swarming towards you. All right. Um, well, I'm going there. Are they like to the, every direction? They are to every direction. 
There's 10 okay. of them, and you see the ground continues to move and writhe as though more are coming. All right, I'm going to start clearing a path for us. All right, so I'll move 10 feet, so now they're within 10 feet of me. Okay. Since I have 10-foot reach, and I'm going to swing at uh, the first mound. Okay. Uh, 12 to hit. That hits. All right, and then that'll be 16 slashing and 2 necrotic. You slice through a clump of leeches, and they are left destroyed. All right, and then the next, uh, in the adjacent five feet, I will cut. I'll cut down another swath of them. All right. And I'm gonna start clearing a path for us out of here. Thirteen to hit. That hits. Uh, thirteen slashing. Slice through a large snake as it hisses at you, bearing its necrotic fangs. It's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's okay. dead. All right. Anything else? You don't get extra attacks with Great Weapon Master, right? That's something else. What I get is I get to re-roll ones and twos with Great Weapon Fighting Style. Great Weapon Master is a feat that I do not have yet. Oh, you should take that feat. I have to wait till level eight. It's on the list. All right. It is um the young woman's turn. She moves away from the totem, which is still lying on the f- on the ground now at Jonathan's feet as Carlton has moved up. And she's going to stay close to Carlton and say, oh, did, did I, oh, is there any more? I'm I'm trying to gain get my power back to try to help you guys, but I need I need just one more moment. Uh, Bernie, it's your turn. I'm gonna do the same thing you did last time, except at second level. And you have advantage on helping you. I have advantage. The solid presence of Travancore, Viceroy of Glenmar, uh, standing behind you, making sure that you are completely sheltered from behind means that you can absolutely focus. And what did you roll? I mean, I didn't need to roll advantage because I got a natural 20. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I can roll right. it for funsies. Like, yeah. no, it's not no, necessary. No. You wait, have, no, you have fish. fish. It seems you could get double crit. That's not a thing. That's not a Go thing. Go ahead. But that does mean you get to roll all the dice twice. So uh, at second level, what would you normally roll? I would roll on second level. I would roll 5d6, because Guiding Bolt is a first-level spell. Yep, and you're doing it at second level, so go ahead and roll 10d6 radiant damage. Jesus. But it is 38 damage. All right. Bernie, as you feel the solid presence of your friends behind you, even Shadow, who you've slowly grown accustomed to being next to, but they have arrayed themselves to protect you in this moment as you reach out one more time, calling to your goddess and throwing your divine energy at this accursed symbol of Orcus. Describe the gory death of this totem. Woohoo! Okay, what is it? You know, in the first Indiana Jones movie. I'm very familiar. Where the Nazis open up the chest that contains God, and they all kind of explode in that light. That happens. Okay. Bernie (laughs) points Kevin at this thing, and from her and through her mace, uh, divine light slams into the skull of this horrible symbol of Orcus, the almost ever-present chuckling hitches and screams in your mind as you hear and and then it shatters and explodes into glowing bits of dust that scatter to the ground as this happens the woman the dryad 
standing next to Carlton, who had appeared sickly and weak and decrepit this whole time, had been fearful, and Carlton standing next to you as though afraid for her existence, you see her suddenly stand up, shock straight, her eyes, which had been this dull blue, suddenly blaze to life and full of energy and a moment in where you almost see strength rush back into her and she turns to you Carlton and grabs your arm with a strength you didn't think that this frail being can have and as you all hear the necrotic animals and plants continue to squirm and writhe their way towards you. Jonathan, as you see in your mind, Buck's continuing to weave in and out of your senses as he leads the horses away from this accursed forest, which is still suffering the effects of this demon, even though you've just killed it. Carlton, she locks eyes with you, and for a moment time stops, and she says, I can never repay you. And my leaky can never repay you, but I can at least get you out of here. It will take a very long time to heal this place. You've now given me that time. Let me give you back yours. And she grabs you by the sides of your head. And it's, it's forceful, but it doesn't hurt, despite her rough hands that are covered in bark. And you can see grateful tears in her eyes as her eyes flash with divine light. And all of you, your vision goes white. And for a moment, then black. And then very slowly, your senses come back to you. And the first thing that you smell is fresh grass. Freshly grown grass. And not the necrotic, disease, dead, dying grass that you've smelled for days now, but actual, fresh, healthy ground. And you rub the light out of your eyes and you, you look around and as, as all of you look around and you, your vision kind of very slowly comes together, you find yourself standing in the middle of Amphail. And Carlton, in your head, you hear the last whispers of this dryad saying, I sent you someplace safe. I hope that's enough. And people are staring at you as suddenly all of you, including Bucks and the horses, who kind of come to a screeching halt as they had been frantically charging through the forest, now suddenly find yourselves standing at the base of the Great Shalarn, the statue to the, the horse that this town is based on. And as people stop to look at you, as you've kind of appeared out of nowhere, you realize you've made it out. She's, she sent you someplace safe. Guys, look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. And suddenly, Jonathan is transported back into the crypt garden where he's eaten slowly. <laughs> Bernie's like, is there like a large crowd? Because Bernie's like, is that is that hot dog vendor here? I would like a hot dog. I would like 12 hot dogs. As you all kind of take a moment to breathe 
and recover. You see nearby, because you guys, as I said, have appeared kind of in the center of town, and very close by you see the staghorn flagon as people have stopped and are still staring at you, and some with recognition, many without. Uh, you're bloody, you're covered in other people's blood, in ichor, you look exhausted, some of you are having trouble standing, some of you are having trouble hearing, and the door to the staghorn flagon shoves open, and two women step out with a, a gentleman who's just basically poked his head on in and seemingly has said something to them. And you see uh, Vanthea Tuff and her her lover, who is very familiar to Carlton, Car Eagleshield, step out. Uh, Avanthea is rubbing her hands on a towel. They look shocked at seeing you. And Carl goes rushing forward and jumps into Carlton's arms and says, How did you have? Had, what? What are you? You're alive! Magic! <laughs> uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular is kind of like sat up and is like, he, he said his line from that play he hasn't seen but has heard a lot about and knows a lot of the songs too. And <laughs> he's like, Yeah, hot dogs sound good. Uh, and he like falls back on his back and he's just gonna he's gonna be like yeah give me give me as many hot dogs as as the gnome please 12 hot dogs chili sauce no mustard that's nasty Avanti has walked up she's still wiping her hands on the on the towel she says why i don't know how you got here but there's still plenty left over from lunch come inside let yes. me, you all look exhausted. Let me get you some food. Uh, Thomas, could you take care of the horses over there? And she she calls out to this the young man that had been talking to her who quickly runs in over as Bucks lets go of the reins and flies over to your shoulder, Jonathan, as Shadow kind of rejoins Travancore. Thomas runs over and grabs the reins and seems to be leading the horses off to the side of the staghorn flagon where there are some stables. And Avanthea starts to motion you all inside where you see that the the staghorn flagon is full of people and it seems mm. to be full of servers and you smell food, rich, hearty food that you haven't smelled in a while. You you breathe in and it's not this gagging cloying rot that you've smelled for days and days and days you see people around you who you may not know all of their names but many of them recognize you and they start to smile as they they see that Kara and Avanti are happy to see you and they're smiling remembering you and as they lead you on in to grab some food and, and to sit for a moment we'll pause right there as you guys have saved the Crypt Garden Forest. Woo! Nice. Well, he does get a hot dog, right? Let's not oh. leave it on that cliffhanger. Yeah, hand. and as, as they're walking up, uh, <laughs> Jonathan or Jonathan the Magic Muscular kind of gives Bucks a nice, firm rub on his tiny owl head and says, Great job, buddy. Y you did real good. Bucks, who is not necessarily the, the kind of owl or the kind of celestial to do overtly affectionate motions, nuzzles the side of your hand and you feel his gratitude at being able to help you and being able to participate in this adventure and not being sent away uh, and as you guys head on in yeah bernie they've got hot dogs 
Because why not? Because with chili sauce and onions and tater tots on top. It's going to take a little bit for them to make the tater tots, but they can. But they because can. Because this is okay. my fantasy world, and if pizza exists, why not hot dogs? And they're a all- A little bit of coleslaw on the side. They're all kosher beef hot dogs. That's a real mitzvah of you. Thank you. Is it weird that I was hoping that in this town it was horse meat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. All right. Let me give you guys some experience, and then we'll end it for this evening, because you guys didn't get experience last week, because- well, what you didn't know is you were still kind of in the middle of a fight, but now you know. So you get a total of 4,000 experience for defeating the Rot Demon. You get another 1,200 for destroying the idol before it could regenerate. You get another 1,000 for some of the, uh, for the decision to stick around and fight instead of just running. Um, so that would be a total of five, 6,200. Guys, do you know what that means? Level up! Woo! Once we take a long rest. We leveled! Okay, because I'm really excited, because there's some spells that... No, I don't think I just get... Do we oh, get more spells now, or do we just get more fucking no, we get, spell slots? We, Bernie, we get fourth level spells now. You still Sorry. need to rest before yeah, that do. happens. Bernie's yep. gonna eat a hot dog, take a poop, and go to sleep. I'm gonna pass out in this bar. Actually, Just passing that's out fine. Count as a long rest. How about how about we can assume? Can I drink myself into a level? Let's up? assume you can that sleep. given how much this town loves us, we all eat, pass out on the table, and the next scene happens the next morning when we're being woken up. We'll deal with that the next time that we get together. Something tells me you're in a safe enough place to be able to do a long rest, but we'll do that next time, and you'll be able to level up, and we'll see what's happened in Amphil while you're gone. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter.